Want to see Florida Gators commit Jeray Hawkins' 40-yard dash? Want to see him do it again? Here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And we're about to be joined by Brian Smith. Locked On's Recruiting Insider. I will say first, though, if you would like to like, subscribe, comment, review, do whatever it is that you want to do, join the Locked On Gators Discord. The link's in the description below. And now here is Brian Smith. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And Brian, it's been a very long time since you've been here. It's been like five days, which is just, it's kind um, we're not used to that long of a break in between. It's weird. But since then, Florida did add another commit, this time at receiver. Billy Napier added Jere Hawkins. Jere, which, by the way, him being five foot nine, 165 pounds, and just blazing fast, going with the nickname Tank, the most ironic thing I've ever seen. Um, it but- is an unusual one. I will give you that. I will give you that. Yeah, it's certainly weird, but Napier, after Dre uh, Hawkins took his official visit a few weeks ago, he said, hey, Billy Napier wants to use me like Jalen Waddle was used at Alabama. Billy Gonzalez wants to use me like Kadarius Tony was used in Gainesville. And every Gators fan and their mother was in my YouTube comments yesterday going, Percy Harvin! Um, which, obviously, we're not going to say whether or not a high school literal child will live up to the hype of Jalen Waddle, Kadarius Tony, and Percy Harvin. But do you think that's a legitimate long-term role for him of, of being that kind of player? Absolutely. Jet sweeps, screens, bubble screens, quick slants, and the occasional double move to go deep, 100%. He will run reverses. He will do things to make you try to change your defensive philosophy and open up the run game. That's what speed is, brother. If you don't have speed, you're done. And Hawkins can flat out fly. So he's one of the fastest kids in the class of 24. Do you think he's someone who can contribute once he gets on campus? Even if it's just, you know, the, the, the jet motion guy that Billy Napier likes to use and you're more decoy than anything else? I think that he'll play right away. Just if nothing else, what you're talking about there, punt return guy. I have no idea who's going to be on Florida's roster in 24 that can do that, Hawkins will be in that mix. I mean, he's the first step, quickness, lateral ability, stop and start, all of that, absolutely. And as a slot receiver, to do the basic stuff, I mean, they want him to know the full route tree and all that. He could do some things just here and there to scare teams with his speed. He doesn't need to know all the plays to be impactful. And that's most important. And freshmen aren't, aren't going to do that. It drives coaches crazy, but it's not realistic. So it takes a long time to do that. I think he's going to be a gadget guy early on, and he'll develop into a multi-position 
player later. He'll play some flanker at some point too, out wide once he learns the playbook. He's too dynamic not to move him around and keep defenses from guessing. Yeah, um, I, I got to say, what do you think just of Billy Napier's receiver approach right now where it's like he, he's clearly just looking for speed demons out here uh, just so – does is that little reminiscent of the old Spurrier days of Gainesville at receiver here? Well, Florida had one of the smaller wide receiver rooms in college football in the 90s, but they were winning games, won a national title, were consistently in the SEC title game, and the reasons that common denominator. Speed, man. They ran by everybody, even though you knew what they were going to do. The old my guy is better than your guy. And the scheme that Steve ran, obviously, was incredible. So – it was as much fun as college football had ever seen and, and changed college football in a lot of ways. To your point, Jure Hawkins, I mean, he would have fit in perfectly with what Spurrier did in the fun of the gun. Holy moly, he would have been right down, right down the middle on that. So I'll be interested to see if they use him even at some wildcat or something like that. It, he's such a versatile player. You got to get the ball in his hands. Yeah, man, you said Wildcat. Just didn't didn't realize. Not safe for work. Uh, there there is dirty talk on on this podcast here with the with the Wildcat talk. <laughs> but the Florida Gators twenty twenty four class so far. You've got Jare Hawkins, and then from Tampa you have Isaiah Williams. Just what do you make of at least the the start of this receiver class for twenty twenty four? Well, you've got a slot and you've got a flanker. Isaiah could play slot too, but he, he probably long-term fits best out wide. I would imagine now you just need to find the boundary. Um, I mean, they're still chasing Jeremiah Smith like the rest of the free world, um, but uh, Florida's probably number two for him right now, but it's still a sizable gap with them in Ohio State. It's hard to beat what Ohio State's doing at receiver. We have this conversation every time. We, there's just no way around it. That's pretty hard to beat. And after that, we – I mean, you look at it, you say, okay, well, what other guy or guys could be the option? The state of Florida has a gazillion good receivers every year. This year is no different, but I don't see a lot of boundary guys, a lot of 6'4 kind of guys. So I'm kind of curious if Florida is going to be able to do that. I Maybe they'll get a kid out of state. Maybe they'll flip somebody. Maybe they take a Juco kid. Maybe they even go the route of taking a transfer portal kid. But right now, I'm not sure what the third guy would be. So – I'm sure, again, they're, they're, for all Gator fans to know, they, they are still recruiting Jeremiah, just so you know. Yeah, actually, I'm glad that you said that specifically the way you did, because every time we talk about Jeremiah, or every time I talk about Jeremiah when I'm by myself, I get the comments in there like, stop talking Jeremiah, he's not flipping. Stop pursuing Jeremiah, you're not going to flip him, it's a waste of time. Um. How stupid do you think that thought process is to go, yeah, stop pursuing the best player arguably in the nation and definitely the best receiver just because, you know, it's a long shot right now. What was Florida's record last year? Six and seven? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, it was. That's, that's exactly right. How many Gator fans do you think enjoyed that? Zero? Only the ones that are like, I told you Napier was a bad hire. That, those are the only ones, I think. So the masochists of the Gator world. Yes. Okay. <laughs> if you want to continue to be six and seven, don't recruit the best players. That's pretty yeah. much how we got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it's it's it, not it, that hard, bro. It's not that hard. Sometimes you need guys to be really good players that you pick up and nobody thought was, oh, Javante Watt, we shouldn't recruit him. He's going to Penn State. He's going to Ole Miss. He's going to – oh, he committed to Florida. Yeah. 
Why? It's because they recruited him. Sometimes it works out. Just have to let it play out. It's a long way to National Signing Day. Uh, Brandon, we talk about this a lot, too. These kids are just in the middle of the recruiting cycle. It's, you know, we got six months till they sign. Who says Ohio State won't have massive changes in this between now and then and he decides he doesn't want to go there? You don't know. Yeah. You exactly. have to recruit him. That's it. There, there's no there's no difficulty here. It's it's forest for the trees. If you do not recruit Jeremiah Smith, you should be examined like mentally. So, and that's the end of it. So yeah. That's I, I mean, we, we need to get a T-shirt selling. It says Florida is recruiting Jeremiah Smith. $20 a pop. Yep, that's it. That's Because it. it's also wild to me. Like, as, as we're talking about this, I'm just thinking of all of the negative recruiting comments that I've seen since we've started recording. And it's uh, Amir Jackson's not going to be a Florida Gator. He committed like two days later. It's Chauncey Bowens isn't going to Georgia. Uh, Brian just doesn't like him. Brian just doesn't like him. Not even 24 hours oh, later. And, and I'm a bad, guy. I'm a bad yep, guy. That's it. That's all it is. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, Jamonta Waller. Like I even was like, he's not going to be a Gator. Earlier that week, we talked about Jamonta Waller and Aaron Childs. And both of them, we were like, yeah, Florida's probably a long shot for them. And then you got them both. So I'm not saying Florida's a long shot, so they're getting Jeremiah Smith. But I am saying you are a grade A moron if you think Florida shouldn't pursue Jeremiah Smith. There. That's all I'm saying there. But back on to the guys who are Florida Gators and, and are committed here. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. And look, it sucked watching Florida lose to LSU on Monday night. But... The over did hit in almost every single game the Gators played in the Men's College World Series. I'm just saying the only game it didn't hit for me was Florida LSU game one. It was set at eight and a half. They scored seven. So that sucked. But the rest of the tournament was fantastic, profitable. Make sure that if you're a new customer, you get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Every Tuesday is Dinger Tuesday in the MLB. It's awesome. Don't miss your chance to get that no sweat first bet. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Is there any, I, I hate using this word because I, it's just a, a crappy word to use, but I feel like there's not a better word to use here. Is there any like, like, fear of redundancy at receiver in this class right now with just the complete lack of size, like five, nine, six feet tall. And I know that a lot of people think, you know, maybe long-term Isaiah is better as a slot long-term, maybe Jere Hawkins is better as a slot. Or do you think that both of these kids is just like one, they can move around and avoid becoming the redundant option. And two, they're both good enough in your opinion, where it's just like, don't care, just take good football players. I think it's both of those plus one more. This is a college weight program we're talking about. Do we really think Isaiah is going to weigh the same weight in two years? Do you really think Jure is going to weigh the same weight in two years? They're going to add size and strength. I mean, the really good players, even if they're diminutive, find a way. Did Urban move Percy around? Why, by golly, he did. Was Percy big? By golly, he was not. You great players, you will find a way. Percy would line up at slot, 
he would line up in like an H-back going motion, put him in their backfield. He made life hell for anybody that played in the box because you didn't know where he was going. If he was, You were praying he didn't come into your zone. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of guys thought that because he was no fun. And all that is true with guys like Hawkins and Williams. They are in-space nightmares. I've been around Isaiah 20 times because I lived in Tampa for so long. He is not fun unless you get hands on him at the line. He is quick as a hiccup, and he can go. He needs to add weight. I will grant you that. But so with 5 million other receivers that have come into college football. There was one at Alabama a couple years ago that weighed buck seventy, walking out of college football that they moved around and won a Heisman Trophy. <laughs> he was solid. I don't know if you've seen that guy. He's playing, I think, for the Philadelphia Eagles now. It's amazing how that worked out. He's if okay. you're good, man, if you're good, to your point and to your credit, you move them around a little. They have to learn the playbook. I get that. But it takes care of itself over time. This idea that everybody is a polished and finished product out of a freaking high school and Florida fans aren't there. This is a cross college football. It's, it's a disease. It does not work that way. Every team, even Alabama and Georgia, take developmental players. Period. Florida fans need to accept that it's going to be a long process for Billy Napier. This is not going to turn around quickly. I know you and I have talked about that multiple <laughs> times. Like, we don't expect great things this year. It may be to like 25 before they really get rolling, rolling. It's, you know, Lagway isn't going to dominate as a freshman. It takes time. So it's part of the process. I'll feel better if they get a boundary receiver in some capacity, but as good as they're recruiting, does anybody doubt that's going to happen? I don't. Nope. And Florida fans should not feel that way either. So there you go. Yeah. And uh, I mean, to your point about the weight program, I just picked a random receiver on the website and Florida has 2020 arriving on campus. Khalil Jackson, 6'3", 185. By his redshirt freshman year, 6'3", 214 pounds. So 29 pounds. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Pretty, pretty damn impressive there for someone who didn't have high expectations, of course, but also great weight gain over that time. And yeah, this is it's just Florida's gonna add great players. And it's also important that like we talk about how great Florida's been the past, you know, what two weeks on the recruiting trail and, and all this momentum and how things are awesome. Yeah. Gators fans. Um, none of these kids are going to be on campus for another seven months at the absolute earliest if, if they're early enrollees. Um, so yeah, yeah, th there's that one, but uh, I will also say like, like how would you look for Florida to, try to round out the 2024 rec receiver class. Just, just do, do you go just get a tall out of state kid? Do you, do you go with the, the portal? What, what do you do to try to round out this 2024 class? I would go with the plan they've been using to get all these commitments, whatever the hell it is that Billy's been telling these guys go with that. I mean, if it's not broke brother, don't fix it. Um, they probably have some kids in mind. The one thing that, it's been consistent since he arrived in Gainesville. They recruit their own guys. Texas kids like DJ Lagways from Texas. That's not typical Florida turf for football recruits. They'll get one here or there, but they got him early, and he's been the Pied Piper helping getting other kids to come. So I think there's going to be some Louisiana kid, an Arkansas kid, a Mississippi kid. Worley knows Lane Kiffin gets scared when he sees Florida sign now, even though he got one guy at Florida's taking a bite back a couple of ways. 
I think that it's going to be pretty interesting because I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be an in-state kid. I think you're right. It'll probably be somebody out of state, and that's okay. There aren't a ton of really big receivers in the state of Florida this year that the Gators would want. If you get the kid from North Carolina or Texas or whatever, that's fine too. Yeah, and before I do let you go, we've talked about quite a few players since you uh, <laughs> since you joined us, and two players that we have talked about that both visited campus in the recent weeks, Chance Robinson and Tawaski Abrams. And look, I think that Chance Robinson is still welcome in this class. If if he does want to flip to the Florida Gators, there's no doubt in my mind that he's still got a spot, which we spent time last week talking about, you know, maybe some guys missed the boat here. Chance Robinson is not one of those players. But does the staff maybe lose interest in a Tawaski Abrams type of recruit now that you have Jare Hawkins and Isaiah Williams both on board and locked in? I think you're on to something. The only thing with Tawaski is like he could play corner. He could play some other spots, but his body type is very much like Isaiah's. So unless they're taking four receivers and then then all bets are off, I think that's a decision they've either already made or at least going to discuss. They need a big body receiver just like they do at every class in the class of 24. So yeah, you're probably right. Chance, He's going to weigh over 200 pounds. You could actually make him the boundary if you wanted to, but he's probably best at flanker. I think they're going to probably pass on him, though, Tawaski. Unless they think that there's something I don't know about it. Are, are they taking four? Because otherwise, why would you Why would you really double up there? Well, if, if you uh, are ever in my comments, you would know that when I say they're probably taking three, my, uh, like I'm almost getting beheaded out there every time I say that. Every time I'm like, oh, they're probably taking three, and they're just like, all right, we're killing them. Uh, that's that's just their oh, Don't know, get me started on Florida fans on uh, YouTube and stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's a rough crowd. Love you guys. Um, <laughs> but, but actually, I, I do have one more question for you. Just we've got the 2024 class. You see, uh, Jare Hawkins and Isaiah Williams. 2023 had Andy Jean, Aiden Mizell and Eugene Wilson the third. How do you kind of think of that, you know, long-term? Because those are ideally the future at receiver for this program. So just long-term, how do you kind of view those guys fitting in together with Napier's offense as well? A lot of those guys can really run. Napier's been known as a run-first coach. The thing you do with that is play action. These guys have the speed to go deep. It kind of tells me he's going to stick with his own theme. And recruiting Lagway, who has a plus arm, then some, uh, his arm strength is ridiculous. I don't think they're going to really change much. They're looking for speed demons that make teams back off, play cover two, so they can run the ball. They're getting them in droves. So I think it's just sticking with the plan to be a power football team and run play action. Yeah, um, important to note that last year, that was a lot of their offense was either keep it very short or throw that thing like, like little un- Uncle Rico from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Just like, want to see me throw them things over them, their mountains? Just, just That's what they wanted Anthony Richardson to do all the time. Or throw it behind the line of scrimmage to a dude who cannot run after the catch. <laughs> but hey, I digress. I don't get paid $7 million to do that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Lockdown's Recruiting Insider. Catch him all throughout the Lockdown College channel. He's going to be here 
who even knows when again? Well, well, who knows at this point? But also, you can see him at Locked On LSU because um, he's scared at, with the LSU Tigers. Um, <laughs> I'll say that. But thank you so much, Brian. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We will be back tomorrow to talk Florida Gators football. I think tomorrow we're going to start taking a little bit of a deep dive into some of these recruits and some of these commits and really see what they are going to bring to the table in 2024. We're going to soon start previewing this season, talking about the opponents, Cam Rising with Utah. And don't forget this Friday, Brandon Carroll will be here. And every Friday for the remainder of the summer, Brandon Carroll will be here on Locked On Gators as a weekly guest. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for your second listen. Check out Locked On LSU, hosted by Caroline Fenton. She also recorded with Brian, and she spent a whole segment talking about the Florida Gators. They're scared, but guess what? Scared money don't make money for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.